The Seahawks just made a rare splash signing to open free agency. What does Pro Bowl safety Quandre Diggs think of the new addition to the Seahawks defense? Listen to our latest exclusive interview on a bonus episode of Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings 12, this is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A special thanks to all the 12s out there, as always, for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We've got a very special guest joining us to kick off free agency on a bonus Monday episode. Joining us here on a bonus edition of Locked On Seahawks, glad to be joined by three-time Pro Bowl safety and master Photoshop artist Quandre Diggs. I gotta, I gotta say, I love the the photoshops of Bobby Wagner, Frank Clark, and Seahawks uniforms. That takes incredible talent to make happen on social media. Hey man, it's easy to go back, you know, do a little thing. I'm trying to get like below in them, but I mean, it's super easy when. You know, you can just go get those guys in the uniforms that they already played in and just throw them right on there. And you, you got it perfect. It looks just, I mean, it looks good because they already wore the colors before. Oh, to thank you, of course, for coming on the show. Greatly appreciate it. And also want to congratulate you on your upcoming marriage. Welcome to the club. No doubt, man. A big weekend coming up. So um, I'm definitely excited about that. Um, you know, just another another blessing, another, you know, another opportunity that, um, you know, I have to, to be with my best friend that I've been with for 10 years anyway. So um, just continue to grow. You mentioned it earlier, the photoshops with the players. And it's interesting, right when we're getting ready to start this show, the Seahawks dropping a bombshell in free agency. This is maybe the biggest outside free agent signing that they have made in a decade going out and signing Dremont Jones from the Denver Broncos. What are your thoughts? I know that you said your phone is blowing up. What are your thoughts on this addition to your defense? I mean, it's huge. You know, um, anytime you can get that the, the big guys up front, get them going and um, keep adding. He's one of those guys, you know, that, that changes the dynamic of things. So um, we got to watch him a lot this past year, um, you know, watching a lot of Denver defense and, he was making a lot of plays, doing a lot of big-time things. So um, I'm excited to get to work with him. And there's another certain player that you've been mentioning on social media a handful of times, and Seahawks fans are very familiar with him. So I've just got to ask you straight up, have you had any conversations with Bobby about potentially coming back, and, and where do you think his interest level is wearing number 54 again in the Seahawks uniform? Um, I mean, I wouldn't put it out there if it, it wasn't interest. I think it's interest from both sides. I mean, I think, um, you know, with, with, with Bob, I think, you know, the, the, the things that happened last year kind of in the past. And um, I hope we're just able to, you know, kind of rekindle that fire. And, you know, we will be a match made in heaven for him and we can get that done. Um, I think, um, you know, everybody in the locker room would love to have Bobby back. Um to be able to have a Hall of Famer, somebody that you can lean on, you know, even for myself, um, had that was a bigger burden for me last year, you know, taking on a lot more leadership than I had to do in the years past. And um, I think it'd be cool just to be able to spread some of that stuff out and 
you know, give, 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 you know, give some of those duties back to Bobby and let him have those things. And, you know, I just go out and play football. And, um, but it's always good to have somebody just so consistent uh, for me. Um, he was somebody I can always lean on, somebody I can always count on, you know, no matter what's going on on the field, off the field. Uh, he was always there. John Schneider made a comment last week. I think he was on um, Seattle Sports 710. He was doing his interview. He's been doing a weekly show. And he made an interesting comment about players loving to come back to the Seahawks, even when the team has moved on from them or they had to make a tough decision like they made with Bobby last year. And he mentioned, you know, you can't make all your decisions as a general manager with nostalgia, but we know Bobby Wagner's still a phenomenal player, second team all pro last year. You just mentioned the leadership void. How much was that felt in the locker room, not having him there? And, and how big of a part of the puzzle is that bringing him back into the fold, not just the player he is, but the man that he is? I mean, it, it's huge. For even the young guys, man, they would come up and ask me, like, yo, like, how was Bobby? You know, like, you see him you see him on TV, like, how was it having him in the locker room and things like that? You know, from Ken Walker to Kobe Bryant to yeah. Tariq Woolen. All those younger guys wanted to kind of know, you know, what he was about. And I kind of explained it. And they was just like, dang, I wish I got the opportunity to play with him. And I think for even me and DK and Tyler, we always talked about Bobby. You know, it was always like, man, this is what Bobby would do in this situation. And, you know, 5-4, he handled it like this. And, um, you know, just that 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 middle of the defense. You know, he's the middle of the defense, but he also is the center of the team. So he kind of keeps everybody, you know, calm, cool, and collected. But as you can see from Sean McVay, he always talks about how he leaned on Bobby. And, you know, that's the type of guy he is. You lean on him and, you know, um, he takes – you know, he takes the credit, but he also, you know, he gets a lot of the, a lot of negativity too. So, you know, I was able to see that this year and see, you know, what you kind of got to navigate through no matter what the situation is, you know, um, people expect you to do certain things. And um, for you, you have to take on that leadership void and you got to take on that role and, you know, things might not be easy, but you got to push through it. Yeah. You've been pitching on social media, not just to Bobby, not just to Frank, Darius Slay. I feel like I've lost track of how many guys that you've been pitching. Hey, you should come to Seattle. But I want to ask you, because last year you got to experience this for the first time. You were a free agent and you were coming off of a significant injury. So you were in an interesting situation. But now that you've gone through that, has that maybe changed your perspective a little bit now in terms of what other players are going through? And maybe does that give you a little bit more empowerment to say, hey, you should come play for the Seahawks and, and make those recruiting pitches to guys? I think for me it's easier to recruit and to make pitches to come out to Seattle. Now, I can't handle anybody's money. I can't say what John's going to offer you or, you know, what those guys are going to offer. But I, what I can say is you will love the culture. You know, you you love everything about it, you know, um, this is one of those places that, you know, lets you be who you are, you know, no matter what type of player person you are, they let you be you, you know, and um, for Pete and them to take that chance, Pete and John to take that chance on me coming off, you know, the injury that I was coming off of last year. Um, I have nothing but respect and love for those guys. And um, for me, you know, having a good year, not a great year for me um, in my eyes, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's cool for me to be able to know that my position on the team it's good. Well, I can go out and I can try to get guys to come out. You know, um, I want to be. I want to make make us to have the best team possible. And for me, you know, if that's going out recruiting guys and you know just giving guys a pitch here and there, then I'll do that. You know, and um, heck, I I have a little voice. I say what I want. You know, kind of what I want to John and Pete to let them know who I'm interested in. And if they take it. They take it. If not, but I feel like this is a place where, you know, I can say those type of things and I won't be, you know, critiqued. It won't be. You know, you kind of stay in your place. You know, they listen and 
you know, they take it, but they might not use it. And, and, and oh, well, but at least I feel like my voice is heard. And it's easy for guys to see that around the league and understand, like, yo, I want to be a part of something like that where, you know, the people in the building, they mess with you. Um, they get the opportunity to be yourself and they let your voice be heard. You mentioned that relationship, that open door that John Schneider and Pete Carroll provide to players. And last year, I believe that you tweeted, I don't have this word for word, but a lot of people were wondering about you re-signing and you said Pete Carroll assured you that it was not going to be a rebuild year. Mm. You know, what What gave you the confidence? Obviously, you've been here for several years and you've been on playoff teams, but what gave you the confidence at that point with Russell being gone, with Bobby being gone, that that, that was the path this team was going down when – most people outside of the facility were thinking the exact opposite for this football team. I mean, just being around the program for so long and understanding that, you know, you lose guys, you lose Cam Chancellor, you lose the Earl Thomases, you lose the, the KJ Rice, you lose those guys and we continue to win. You know, um, we continue to win. They continue to win even when I wasn't there. So for me, you know, it was just kind of one of those things where like, I remember Pete calling me the day everything went down with Bobby and, and Russ and, he was like, hey, are you ready to do this? You know what I mean? Are you ready to be be locked in with us and know, you know, that no matter what, we're going to fight to win. And it's not a rebuild. You know, it's not a rebuild. We're trying to win this thing. And just knowing how Pete is, knowing that how competitive he is, I mean, he's not in it to lose. You know what I mean? He's in it to win and win big. And that's what we want to do. And, you know, I believe in that from the jump. You know, I had an offer to go to another team for a few more million dollars and, a significant amount of a million dollars, but you know, it was just the comfort, how comfortable I was being there, how familiar I was with the people in the building, um, the culture, um, the opportunity they were going to give me to rehab my leg and know that I'll come back and be ready to go. Uh, I think that's what stood out to me the most. Was there a point during the season? I mean, obviously, you had clear confidence in the football team, or you wouldn't have signed the contract to come back, but still, that. With the expectations being low coming into the season and so many rookies playing, guys get off to the one and two start. Was there a point during the season where you felt like everything started to really click? I know there was a four-game winning streak, but was there just a point where you're like, you know what, this team has a chance to really do something this year that that few people thought we were going to do this year? Was there a point where that really clicked? Or was it that way really from the jump for you guys? I think we knew we could be good. You know, I think we knew. We didn't know how good we could be, but we knew we could be good. And we, when we looked at the schedule, we knew it was going to be some tough games, but we knew it were games that we were capable of winning. And I remember me and Locke having this talk last offseason that we're going to surprise a lot of people. And um, we were excited for the year because the last few years we've been kind of going in with the, you know, with the with the target on our back. You know, everybody, we had a Russell Wilson's, the, the DK Metcalf's, the Tyler Lockers, the Bobby Wagner's, myself, the Jamal's. So everybody was looking at us to come beat us. And last year it was just like a totally different thing where we were looking targeting these other people. And, you know, we came out and when we had that four game winning streak there, I think that really gave us the confidence to know like, hey, we're a good team. We can go play and, and beat some beat some teams that supposed to be making noise in the league and um we could take it to the next level. It takes a special quality to be able to get players to be galvanized, especially when you lose that much talent during an off season, but Pete Carroll's, he doesn't even have to work hard to sell because the guy's won Super Bowl. He's won a national championship. He's won at every level he's been at, but there's so much more to him than just the wins that are on the resume, the championships that are on the resume. When you look at what he does as a coach and what he does away from the football field, 
what re- really makes him stand apart from everybody else? And are there certain qualities he has that you feel like you have to have to be successful coaching men in the NFL? I think with Pete, um, he's an ultimate players coach. You know, um, if the players want something, then he's willing to, to sacrifice it for the players. You know what I mean? He's willing to go out and put himself on, put himself out there for the players. And I think when your players know that your players can look at you as the leader um, and see that, Hey, he, he got my, he's on my side. He knows exactly how I feel. And he always wants to get the pulse of the team. I mean, that's important. You know, when you got a bunch of grown men making a million millions of dollars, um, they just want somebody that's on their side because at the end of the day, you know, like, it's not really for us. It's not really like, hey, he's the boss and this is how it's going to go. For us, it's, we all working together for a simple goal and the goal is to win. And um, nobody's bigger than anybody. You know, the coach is not bigger than the players. The players not bigger than coaches. And, you know, that's the, the training staff. Everybody's locked in on the same thing. And I think that's what makes, you know, Pete special is, you know, he listens to us. He believes in us. He trusts us in the decisions that we're going to make. And he lets us just go out, have fun and, um really really be a players coach and you know kind of do the things for us you know he has it up set it up in the building where everything is about us you know from the training room to the to the kitchen staff to the equipment room it's all about the players and um you know I know people from other teams always just like bro why y'all how y'all have so much fun all the time like I want to be a part of that and I remember being in Detroit and you know sending messages to Adrian Kobe when he was on the team like that's the spot I need to be at bro like I need to be somewhere like that and then you get over here and you realize, you know, like this is why these guys are always good because they're in good moods, they're fresh, they're ready to go, they compete, and everything is about competing. And, you know, I think Pete is, is really good playing those mind games with people. This episode is brought your way by Alderman Football GM. If you listen to our podcast regularly, you know how much I love the mobile game Alderman Football GM. And if you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise, well, I can't think of a better time to fulfill your dream. And this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team. Play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency, even the tampering period and the draft, as well as the ups and downs of a season. All of this is in a challenging and realistic game world. So if you want to give John Schneider a run for his money running your own team, this is the way to go. Ultimate Football GM, it's completely free and playable offline. You can play on the go as you want, and when you want to, it's a blast, and our listeners should join in on the fun in their own league. Locked On Seahawks listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. It's always interesting from an observer standpoint, one of the reporters that's been on the sideline, just seeing, you know, I knew you guys had fun. And then once I became a beat reporter and I was on the sidelines, just seeing every day, like I remember being on practice fields for other teams when I was coaching and stuff. I'm like, we never had fun like this. And these are NFL guys doing this. And so obviously that has an incredible ripple effect on the way that just the mood of players, coaches, and they obviously play hard. And Pete has been able to do that every stop that he has been at, regardless of what level he's done. From an individual standpoint, maybe I'm on social media too much, but today I noticed that I believe it was Tony Jefferson that tweeted, it was talking about the number one thing for consistency for players 
yeah. is having a routine and sticking with it. And you mentioned that you learned how to do that in Seattle. What changed for you? You've talked about the culture, but what changed for you that showed you, I need to have a routine and I need to stick to it. And how has that propelled you to taking your game to another level the last couple of years? I mean, just getting around. I mean, honestly, it's Bobby and KJ. Um, the way those guys did things every single day, it was that's who I followed. You know, when I first got traded here, it was just like those guys reached out to me and was like, yo, we're excited for you to be here. We can't wait for you to be a part of this. Like they knew what type of player I was and they wanted me, you know, to be a part of it. So for me, it was my job to follow those guys lead and learn as much as I can from those guys. And um, the way those, like I say, the way those guys did things every single day, it was amazing to see, um, you know, two guys that play at high level each and every week that know their stuff. They lift a certain way. They, you know, they eat a certain way. They watch film a certain way. Uh, and it was consistent. It was everyday thing. And I think that's another thing about Pete. You know, we don't switch up what we do. You know, we have a schedule each week. You know what I mean? It's tell the truth Monday. You got off day. You got your Wednesday where, you know, we get back to competing. Competition Wednesday. We got turnover Thursday. We got our fast Friday, no turnover. I mean, uh, no repeat Friday. You know, things like that where it's just consistent every week where, you know, no matter if we're on a three-game losing streak, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to have the same mood. And, you know, you're not going to know if we won or lost the week before because it's going to be so consistent that you understand that my the ebbs and flows, uh, the ups and downs, they're going to be more in the middle, more than anything. And um, I think when you have an opportunity like that, it helps you as a player because you know what you're going to get each and every week. And you know the schedule. You know you know when you can do your massages, how to watch film, things like that. And I think that type of stuff is important for, you know, for guys because – when guys are in the unknown, you know, that kind of kind of messes with your routine, kind of messes with your mind. And um, I've, I've had that for the last three and a half, four and a half years now being in Seattle. So um, I just love it. You're going into year nine. I know last year going into year eight, you're like, man, I can't believe this. I'm going into my eighth season in the NFL. Now you're getting ready for year number nine. From an individual perspective, the best players are always looking for ways to improve. Bobby Wagner would tell you, hey, I'm going to be 33 in July, but there's still things that I believe I can get better at. For you, making three straight Pro Bowls now in Seattle, getting some all-pro votes last year. feels like you're climbing the ladder, but you haven't been able to quite get to that point. What, what are the areas that you're looking at in your game, especially now that you're going to be more than a year removed from your injury, that you're looking at this season thinking, this is where I take that next step as a player? I think for me, it's just all about continuing to get my explosiveness back. Um, you know, um, I think last year it was some timid times where, you know, you don't want to throw that ankle out there. and you, you you know, you don't want to make that step. And there were some things where I was kind of rounded and I wasn't getting out of my breaks the way I've been used to getting out of my breaks for the last 15, 20 years. You know what I mean? So um, for me, it's just all about fine tuning my game again, getting my strength back in my leg and, you know, actually having a full off season of training. You know, I, I literally trained a month. I got to train for a month before I was headed to training camp last year. And, you know, I usually start training in March and March, April, May, June, July. You know, I have five months before training camp and I went into the season last year off one month of training, which is, you know, unusual. People don't do that. You know what I mean? So for me, it was more of like uh expedited off season for me, you know, having a you know, just rehab every day for six, seven months straight. It gets grueling. You know what I mean? You don't get a mental break. You don't get an opportunity just to refresh. And 
Um, I think for me, I've gotten that this off season and I'm still getting the opportunity to do that, even though I'm back training. But um, I think those are things that that's important, you know, for the body and for the mind. And I just want to get back to being myself, you know, um, going out, going to continue to get the ball and, um, you know, get back to, you know, being super physical. You know, uh, I think last year, you know, with the change of defense also, you know, a little bit more too high stuff, you know, it kind of slows you down as a player a little bit and not being aggressive as I've been, you know, the last couple years because, you know, when you're in single high and you just, you know, you can run downhill and you don't have to make any reads, that's easy, you know, but when you get in too high, you got to take on crack blocks and things like that. I mean, you know, you, you, you look at the game different, the game is played differently. So um, I just can't wait to get back to, you know, show people that, I mean, I, I ain't lost nothing. I mean, I'm, 30 years old. I mean, my first two years, three years in the league, I played nickel. So wasn't playing every snap. So for me, I just want to get my strength back, continue to get my explosiveness back. And, you know, um, you look at it, it, it's so funny, Corbin, that I tell people this all the time. I catch so many footballs in the offseason that last year was like a blip for me dropping interceptions. You know what I mean? I, I say last year wasn't even a good year. But if you look at my numbers and you compare those numbers to other safeties around the league, that's their best years ever. You know what I mean? That's some people's best years, four interceptions, 75 tackles, like eight pass breakups and stuff. That's people's best years for them. You know what I mean? For me, I just think that's a good solid year. So for me, you know what I mean? I just want to get back. Should have had eight interceptions last year if you look at it. And you go have eight interceptions, then what? Then what do the people say? So um it's just for me i just want to get back to catching the football consistently and you know making my tackles when i'm supposed to and you know um continue eliminating big plays you don't have to sell me on that because i know that i put up a graphic at the end of the season with all of the safeties in the league that pro football focus graded highly and all those stats and stuff and you were on the top i believe of at least four of those categories that were meaningful right. and, and that really is a perfect segue into this question and i know you and i have talked about this a few times on social media before but i kind of want to expand on it because pro football focus in those places obviously even when i do grades i mean some right. of you guys come after me with pitchforks after game days and i know all about that but there's subjectivity obviously too that everybody's eyes see things a little bit differently but Right. This is just my this is my viewpoint. It feels like offensive line and safety are the two positions that these outlets have the hardest time mm -hmm. evaluating and grading. What do you think it is about the safety position that maybe is misunderstood or makes it challenging to try to make assessments about who's doing the best job, who's performing the best in the league? I'll say it. I, I think what 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 makes evaluating safeties hard is. You know, I might be in a quarter one play and it looks like man, but I'm supposed to have an underneath help or underneath dropper or, you know what I mean? Or it could be a, 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 a quarter's look that might be a half. I mean, you just never know, you know, kind of what guys, certain techniques. Some people play quarters differently than others. Some people pay a more tight man quarters and some people pay, play a more loose zone quarters. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, some guys, I, I feel like, some people give you grades on, you know, if it's third and nine and I give up a three-yard gain, a three-yard catch, that's a win. That's not a loss. You know what I mean? That's a win. That's a that's a third down stop. I'm off the field, and I was playing the sticks. You know what I mean? And I just think sometimes when you're not in the box like me, I'm not in the box a lot. So, you know, when I'm back deep, it's like 
what is he doing? But my job is literally to to hold off no seams and no posts. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what my job title consists of. So if nobody throws a post or nobody throws a seam and I make three tackles, I grade it out great. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna get an interception every play. As a post safety, you don't you're not gonna get a lot of pass breakups. But I mean, if I go get nine pass breakups in a season, that's a hell of a year for a post safety because He's not really guarding anybody. You know what I mean? And um, I think for box safeties, it's, it's, it's a little bit easier, but it's also tough because you got guys like Jamal who you got to get a – he blitzes. He's in run gaps. You know what I mean? Um, he, he can he, drop him back in two deep shells. I mean, he can drop, do all kinds of stuff with him. Exactly. So his job is he probably going to get – you're going to see him more. He's going to make seven, eight, nine tackles. He might get a sack, might get a pass breakup. He might be playing some man-to-man coverage, but it's totally different jobs. And I think you try to categorize all safeties as the same when it's totally different. You know what I mean? And um, I think that can get confusing at times. And I think, you know, um, if 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 I'm making – if as a post-safety, if I'm making nine, ten tackles a game, that's not a good game for the defense. No. So your post-safety shouldn't be averaging 85 tackles a year. That's not what a post safety does. And, you know, to see fans on there were like, he's not, he's not tackling. Well, I'm the third leading tackler on the team. That's not good. <laughs> That's the first thing Sean Desai said when he got there. He was like, yo, like, you had 94 tackles last year. That's not a good sign of a good defense. So as your as your post safety, you shouldn't be making 94 tackles. So I think fans just sometimes and you know, media, they look at it where you know, I miss a tackle when it's like, yo, like, what do you mean I missed a tackle? I, I've saved at least eight touchdowns this year, and I missed one tackle that goes a long way, and you mad. I mean, I'm not going to bat 100%. That's just what it is. Like, I I, I, I make more than I miss, you know what I mean? And um, I think that's what makes, you know, grading safeties hard is you don't know how to grade them because everybody's stuff up front, you know, when they make a mistake, nobody can see it. You know, the big guys up front, the linebackers, you know, they make a mistake. Nobody see it. But once you start getting back with the corners and the safeties, we make a mistake. I mean, everybody in their mind going to see it, and it's going to be all over ESPN. The the process on defense is much tougher to understand, especially with all the schemes having little intricacies that are different. And so I think I would agree with you. Even for me sometimes, I feel like I have a decent background with – understanding coverage and stuff. And there are times I'm like, well, you know, he could be doing this. He might be doing this. And so even, even people that know football, it can be really difficult, especially, I mean, all 22 has helped, but still there are times where you're like, well, wait, that looks like quarters, but no, this dude's doing this. And it's like, you don't necessarily always know. I I, I got to ask you, I I, I got to ask you the most important question here before we wrap up though. How in the hell does EA sports fix Madden football? Like, (laughs) What, what are we going to do? I mean, they can't get faces right. I mean, if anybody knows that, you know that. Right. And right. I was I, I, I tested out one of the last games last year. I think I played for five minutes, and I threw a post pattern, and the safety was like a magnet and just shot over like 20 yards, teleported, and it happens every other play on yep. that game. I just – I'm mind-blown. And – I got to get your take on this because I know you love Madden, but you're like me and you're just flustered because it isn't good anymore. <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand why we can't take the old 05, 
04 Madden's, update the graphics, and let the game be what it be. I think they're trying to do too much with the movements and, yeah. you know, trying to, you know, um, I, I don't know what they're doing. I was playing earlier and I, I, I threw a hitch to my receiver and I put the ball inside. I put the ball inside away from the guy and the guy jumped past my receiver <laughs> and just caught and it caught it. And I'm just like, dude, like that's not realistic though. You know, like it's not realistic on some of the movements and the other things that they have going on. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I just hope EA just really, you know, maybe they clean house and they get new guys to, to do the movements and, and do that. But I mean, the easiest thing was just to go back and, you know, take some stuff from 04, 05 and just kind of insert that in the game and just update the graphics. And, you know, even the the, the bring back rushing stuff. attack. Oh, yeah, that was perfect. Like the my career stuff where you can pick who your parents are and stuff like that. That stuff was cool because, you know, it kind of made you feel like, yo, like I'm I'm in the game. I remember starting off in an apartment. And I can end up in a mansion in year eight because I didn't got a new contract and stuff like that. Like That stuff was cool because it made it feel realistic. And, you know, just now it's not realistic at all. I know talking to a lot of your teammates that this seems to be a general consensus among NFL players. For the most part, NFL players are fed up, especially when they have licensing with NFL players. Like, you can't come out with something better than this. So um, I'm hoping the reports we've seen suggest that they might actually do something. But the past has shown usually they just do what they did two years ago and say it's new. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we see a better version of the game and hopefully they'll have your face in the game this year instead of generic gene or whoever that guy is that they put on. I I know they're trying to do it. They're trying to get me to go do a face scan. So hopefully I can get out somewhere and go get me a face scan done. That would be a big win for Seahawks fans who still play the game and appreciate it. Hey, Quandre, I greatly appreciate it, man. And best of luck this weekend with your marriage and, uh, look forward to that. It's a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, a big step in life. But welcome to the club, and uh, best of luck training this season without having to worry about coming back from an injury. Yes, sir. Appreciate you always, Corbin. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Locked On Seahawks at Locked Underscore Seahawks, and you can find us on all major platforms as well as streaming five days a week on YouTube. Coming up on our Tuesday episode, I'll be rejoined by Rob Rang, and we'll dive into the latest on free agency, including the best available free agents that the Seahawks may still have interest in pursuing and much more. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and thanks for listening. Go Hawks!